Hello! <laughs> Excuse me. Hello and welcome to Mystical Cynical. I am Darren. And I'm Jamie with all my beverages in order. Yeah, we got a big old jug of water. It looks like a cup of um, some kind of com- combo. Is that kombu? Seaweed soup? This, yeah, this is uh, miso. Miso? It's miso in a ball jar, gigantic ball jar. And what are you hiding on the chair there? Uh, the uh, green powder. Green powder? The green green powder juice and i have in front of me uh let's see 200 milliliters of water to um our americans that's eight ounces of water and i'm we were just talking about how i have to go really sparingly on the liquids because i have um not a pee problem but i pee a lot yeah and i notice it's really really tied obviously tied directly to how many ounces of liquid i have but also i found where i could literally go the entire day without drinking but if something causes me anxiety mm-hmm. or anxiousness, mm-hmm. it manifests itself into urine. Yeah. Um, so that's I like just a little to, about me. I like to um, add extra pressure on myself. I think this show's getting too easy. So I like to <laughs> overload on the liquids to add an extra pressure to uh, fight uh, the great information that pours out of me um, uh, with this um, uh, immense bladder problem. And we are getting really confident with the show, aren't yeah. we? Just <laughs> I, I speak sarcastically. Um, well, I appreciate that. And I speak cynically. And this, mm-hmm. did I say this is mystical cynical? Um, episode five. Mm-hmm. Really proud of us. And at the top of the show, as always, I want to give our immense gratitude to all of our listeners. And for anyone who shared the podcast, we get a lot of reshares on Instagram. And, and I know people are talking to other people about it and writing reviews on iTunes. And um, just, yeah, just still like, so just head over heels in love with you all. Thank you so much. Super amazing. Thank you. It's great to meet you all. If we sound a little bit more comfortable today, that's because I brought some pillows down and put them under our butts. And uh, we've, for the past four episodes, we've been sitting um, bare assed. Well, not (laughs) pants on. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) We got our chaps. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sitting on chairs. And we both um, noted personal attributes of ourselves is that we don't really have butts. Yeah. We have, um, for, for those who remember the reference, Hank Hill of, of King of the Hill. Totally. We have kind of negative amount of butt. Yeah. Yeah. I have a negative amount of butt. Yeah. It's tough. So it's, um, it's been, it's kind of been brutal sitting for these two hour stretches of time. I like to, a friend of mine used to call it a buck. He says you have two, you know, it's, uh, two legs just connected to your back. That's basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got yeah. some great friends. Yeah. Um, well, I want to take this opportunity to give a personal apology to the man sitting across from me, oh my Jamie God. Carpenter. This past week has been, I don't know, I mean, not more difficult than normal, just, you know, the normal amount of difficulty being a human living in this world and having a young child who is sort of, not sort of, who is definitely figuring out what it is to be alive mm. and testing all the boundaries and pushing all the buttons. And, um, I'm dealing with that. And mm. so I, I recognize that I'm mm, taking it out on Jamie, mm. <laughs> um, just in finding a way of being sort of the, the kind of the off gassing, the valve release for me is to be really sarcastic, to be really just, um, sharp and bitey yeah. and, and just nasty. And so I want to say, I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I, I was noticing over the last 48 hours, uh, almost every text message that came in or audio clip that uh, audio text that you would send had this, it was always, um, like dagger like cynicism about yes. an issue. Yes. It was very sharp. Mm-hmm. And, and I was going, something's wrong with dad. 
<laughs> no, but and I was building up this thing where I was like, wow, this is getting, I'm, I'm pattern, you know, me with patterns. Yeah. I, I recognize, you know, especially, um, you know, I look forward to the information that gets shared in between us. Right. And there's no shortage of it these days. You know, we have a lot to be happy about mm-hmm. and we're having this amazing time doing this podcast and living our lives. And, you know, it's, it seems like a really nice bubble that we live in. Mm-hmm. And so when this started to pick up, I was wondering if you noticed it and I was wondering, because it, it seemed like with a theme like that, when you're sending out messages and they always have this thing, I'm wondering how in touch you are in that moment. Where does that awareness start actually with you? If you are, well, for you, for, for the, in this specific example, it's, it's almost an immediate after aftermath of like, fuck, like the, when I'm saying it, obviously it's coming from a place of, of, um, unconsciousness and yeah. not being really aware. And it sucks that it's the, this, this very knee jerk, like my immediate reaction is to be shitty. Yeah. And then afterwards I'm like, I'm really sitting in the, the shame of it. And mm. I think the lesson in, in all of this is to be able to immediately reach out to you maybe shortly after or, or yeah. not too long after and apologize and, yeah. and know and trust that you're not holding it against me, that you see right. the, the fallacy, you see the, just the, the humanness in me and you know yeah. that that's not me at the right. core. Cause, cause also, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. If, if I was that all the time, yeah. you wouldn't be my friend. Oh, we yeah. wouldn't have a show. It'd be really so, difficult. Yeah, for sure. And so it's, it's definitely just my, my failings. And, and also I feel like I, well, you're one of the few people literally in my life right now because of our so, such a small universe that we exist in, but also I maybe unconsciously give you that because I know you can handle it. Yeah. And, and I know that you know that it's something more and that your just mm. your, your, your capacity for handling my assholeness is, right. is much more uh, strong. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's true. And, and I think I'm that for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, you know, because I get, I've had stuff like this happen in, you know, strong dynamics, whether it be in friendship or otherwise, you know, that I'm a safe place to be able to do that with because the person, whoever it is, knows that there's some part of me that's going to see through this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but I will say that like when it's going on, like when it was in that level of repetition, I was going like, you know, there's some part of me that gets scared. Mm. You know, I get scared like, well, what if this is, what if the person doesn't see this mm-hmm. and what, you know, because I've been in friendships like that before. Well, for that, do you think, and, and I guess what, what, what I kind of put on you as far as your level of, of awareness and your level of kind of, you know, enlightenment around these sort of things is, is, you know, when I'm being nasty to you, that, right. that you're not able, you're, or you're better at not taking that personal. Yeah. You know, I'm not oh, doing this sure. to Jamie. Right. Starting from Darren and whoever was in the line of fire is going to get it. Right. And so to think that, um, is someone going to be like this? You, the, the fear that you feel, is it that, oh God, this person's just going to be an asshole forever? Or does yeah. it feel at all personal of just like, wow, what did I do to get this person to be so cruel? I think it's just, it's, there's a freshness to it. Um, you know, this, this sort of dynamic <clears throat> as I've grown, um, my friendships I think have, um, you know, have sort of not exploited this part of me, but like really put to task this area of me to be able to see through things. Mm -hmm. And there's been, 
I've been in friendships before where there's this consistent sort of, um, there isn't an accountability, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, for me that I find it very difficult to be in a relationship with anyone where they don't take accountability for themselves. It's just like impossible for me. Now that's what at least I thought, um, until I found that like, wait, there is also, I can, I can accept this person for who they are and how they are without accountability, but I have to do so from a distance. Well, yeah. And that's where setting the boundaries, setting your own personal boundaries. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right. And, but here's the interesting thing this morning, I woke up and, uh, I'm, I read from this book every day and I'm doing it very slowly. Um, it's just a little bit in the morning and, um, it's a book by Lama Surya Das, who's a, uh, Western, he's a, another person, like I was talking about Pema Chodron in the last podcast where he's a, an American, but he uh, spent a lot of time over in Nepal, and he studied Tibetan Buddhism for now probably probably sixty years or something like that. But the book is called "Awakening the Buddha Within," and you know today's lesson it was dealing with negativity in the workplace, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, just the the irony of that. You know, take it up with the HR department. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, they, they say you know, and this this basically sums up you know the idea of it of of how I deal with this is, you know, that this is something from the Metta Sutra, which is uh, something the Buddha. It's a doctrine of the Buddhas, and it says, "Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none, through anger or ill will, wish harm upon another." Even as a mother protects with her life, her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world. And it's sort of like, that's kind of what I vow to do is just understand. I can't have a position, a fixed position these days uh, where there's a, uh, you know, a point of view on humanity that that uh, constricts me from being able to offer some in-depth analysis and compassion. Hmm. Like I have to stay in this boundless state because there are, there are no rights and wrongs like what we've been talking about. There's no person who is the moral authority on what it's like to be a human, you know? And one of my favorite quotes um, actually on this subject is it's just the idea of groundlessness. You know, we're all, constantly changing yet we're trying to have a fixed i'm this personality i'm this but life's always changing you know and even since we began this podcast we've begun to decay yeah (laughs) you know like uh, everything's changing all the time i have less butt now (laughs) 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 Um, but chogam trumpa rinpoche uh who's this um amazing tibetan guy who came here um in the 60s and um sort of he was one of the first tibetans to bring buddhism to uh the west he has this quote that says the bad news is you're falling through the air nothing to hang on to no parachute the good news is there's no ground. I fucking love that so much. Yeah. yeah I found that a couple of years ago and it was just like, whoo. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we're all just catapult. Like there's, you know, it's like falling and then looking over at somebody else falling, judging their falling. Yeah. You know, right. Right. That's well, great. Yes. You know, I just can't do it. And, yeah. and there's just, there's people that I'm very attracted to hanging out with, giving my time to. And, uh, but the people that I'm not are not excluded from my heart. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a general thing of what it's well, like. Aren't to you be. just wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> now I'll sit my miso. While I you wanted take over. to, um, 
uh, yesterday we, we, uh, we crossed paths and, and my kid, um, Delu went into, who just loves your apartment and, mm-hmm. and just finds it, I think, endlessly fascinating in, in contrast to my stark, minimally furnished place with not a lot of things to, to really grab your interest. And, and, um, you guys were over there and, and, um, daily walked out of the house carrying a Mason jar full of marbles. Uh-huh. You handed my child a Mason jar full of marbles. <laughs> I said, and, don't drop and, that. And then break. you just yeah. left <laughs> and you left me and, and daily and a jar of marbles Yeah, and talk about a fucking test. We came in here and I had a little tray. I tried to contain the marbles oh, yeah. and we poured Good the luck. marbles into a tray. And uh-huh. I mean, I just had to. I've taught the, again, the surrender thing of just like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, right. Just let this kid just l- experience these marbles and just right. let them go all over the place. And then when the time comes to clean them up, I clean them up. Yeah. You know? And so I, again, just seeing these sort of like gifts uh, that come in the form of, of these, what could be viewed as torturous yeah. things where it's just like, it's not that bad. You yeah. Know, it's a bunch of fucking marbles on the ground. We'll right. Them up. Yeah. Well, and I was drawn to allow Delu to take the marbles because I told you before, like the person who kind of liberated me from, you know, from, I guess the, the aspects of, of, uh, personality that could weigh one down Mm -hmm. was my spiritual teacher, Vic. And he, he was the one who used to carry the marbles in his pocket Mm -hmm. to remind him of some issue that he's working with to be more patient or whatever it may be. And so when Delu was drawn to the marbles, which is why we keep those marbles in the house, it's kind of this reminder. It's almost like Delu is touching into this teacher who changed my life. And so walking out with the marbles was not just walking out with a jar of marbles. Mm-hmm. It was, there was some thing I was noticing, Oh, there's a draw to that and how special those marbles are to me. And now walking, watching Delu walk out of the house with these tiny <laughs> beads of glass encased in a big <laughs> glass container. Yeah. Well, I'm happy like, to say nothing broke and everything was, was fine. And, and the irony being that Vic used to carry the, the marbles to uh, help him remind him of his issues. Yeah. My issues now are marbles. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and the work carries on. And I got basically, I think 90% of the jar filled back up. And if we looked under my couch right now, we'd see the rest of them. But yeah, as um, just again, you know, being in a position where I'm feeling like my life is so minimal and so easily managed that for that to be the peak stress of my day, yeah. marbles being thrown around, I feel really fucking blessed. Yeah. That that's the case. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Man. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, one of the things that I, and again, in feeling yesterday, feeling just <sighs> cynical and sarcastic and snarky and bitey and just all these like really just kind of like verging on the side of like, I think kind of a, a poisonous point of view mm. or a very just, you know, nihilistic and, and shitty point of view. Yeah. I said to you, what's the point of all this? Yeah. And you said, point of all what? And I said, life, like what? And, and you said, well, what's the meaning of life? And I said, no, what's the point of this? Like <laughs> very like angrily, like yeah. what is the point? And so I was, I was laying in bed last night thinking about the question a little bit more and thinking to take it from the mystical and to take it from the cynical, the mystical being, um, you know, and it's kind of a broad strokey sort of concept of, uh, thinking about uh, a lot of these these um, Buddhist philosophies and, and um, Hindu Hindu philosophies sure. of the, you know the the cyclical natures of, of yeah. kind of existence these very big broad like explanations of like why we're here yeah. to, to to whatever to heal karma and uh, mm-hmm. just the whole complicated thing and so taking it from that point of view it feels like that there was some pro- that there was some programming in this that there was some intention that there was a greater force that said yeah we need these people to to come into this world and to work this stuff out right and then 
on the cynical for me is just like, well, why? Why not? Why not just not do that? Right. Why not just have no existence? <laughs> like, and so it's strange yeah. to me to think that we were brought in here to work on things. It's just it, my mind kind of just implodes a little bit when I think about it. Of like, what? What is the point? Of oh, this? you'll love yeah. this. I mean, there's a there's a teaching on why. Okay, just I'm going to use the word God. So why God would create a universe and universes and all that. So why would God create matter? And the teaching, at least within Hinduism, is is that God had everything but our affection. So God created this world where, and it didn't make it perfect either. It made it like part chaos and part beauty the chaos was so we would long to, to long for God's love. So it's like it created in this, almost this selfish way of like, Oh, I want to, I want to feel love. But you know, I touched into that and you talked about it in the last episode, I think, or, or maybe even on a uh, post where you said, you know, Jamie asked me what it's like to be his friend. Mm -hmm. That's a question. I think a lot of us wonder, it's almost like wondering about your own funeral. Like we kind of wonder what people would say there. Right. But rather than wait to find out whether or not I'm going to be able to attend my own funeral, <laughs> I like to just, you know, uh, ask people like, Hey, well, what is it like? What's it like to be uh, in a relationship with me? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and give people the opportunity to encapsulate it at least in a moment of how they feel. But it's that same thing. Maybe it's just kind of like, at least within that teaching, but I like that chaos was created because, you know, uh, the destruction, the destructive part, we, we would have to yearn for something more than materiality, Mm -hmm. some sort of thing beyond what we can see and the great teaching that's there. And certainly this is a demonstration of that. And when you talk about trusting that, trusting that I would, I was a safe place for your discontent and your comments, you know, that's the sort of thing where uh, that's a space that has that you're uh, benefiting from Mm -hmm. i guess is having a friendship where you know that like a a friend of yours is not gonna take this personally and not hold it against you and see your beauty through it all and all that that's this same kind of thing you know where a world would be created you know so that uh so that we would yearn for something more than what we can see does it seem like um, the way that the kind of the histories have been written of that we haven't quite rose to the level of like putting it in this small context of like you and I having this like utterly perfect relationship where we get to air all our grievances and there's no there's nothing left unsaid and everything gets flowed out and there's no there's no uh, discontent or disharmony and then we suddenly just we vanish like is it trying to get to the point of like something some greater intelligence wants to us wants us to achieve this perfection and yes. to the point where we just like like whatever disappear yes or we go back home i mean it's yeah. all within this context it's all we're all children of god so um and that's going to irk a lot of people just from me saying it i know it i can feel you being irked you're irked you're, you're irked if you've had a religion and, sure. it's a, and a bad taste in your mouth you know, but within this context, at least of the discussion, you know, we're all God's children. So we're all just these little sparks of God that are kind of out as almost like minions kind of working things out, but only so we can have the experience of having relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things is like perfecting relationship on earth 
to mimic this um, uh, this ultimate love that's guiding over all of us, you know. And so, you know, there's a there's a saying that you know we're here to perfect at least one relationship for God, you know, and mm-hmm. that's what marriage maybe or friendship of mm-hmm. this level could be that, you know. And uh, I just pictured you in a nighty <laughs> <laughs> negligee. <laughs> Well, I think it's just interesting that it has to do that it has to do with with someone else. And I think, you know, recently with having, you know, developing new friendships and and really recognizing like truly, truly recognizing the benefit of having friendship and and having that level of relationship in your life. And and for so long, I, I kind of lack that. And it felt really safe and comfortable to just be alone and to not have to have these complicated dynamics with other people. And then I can't help but think of someone like a Buddhist monk who sits, who does, you know, you hear the stories of, of cave sits where people just will sit in caves for years and meditate. And then it kind of contradicts that of just like, well, what can you achieve in isolation and loneliness that not loneliness, but I guess maybe it bridges the world between being here and, and where I feel like I experience in the psychedelic space of just that where I, you know, bought your formless and you're just kind of integrated into the whole, the, the tapestry of, of existence, that beautiful kaleidoscopic sort of thing. And so yeah. maybe you're just tapping into it. I just, don't, I, love I just that. don't get the point, man. I right. just don't get it. Well, I love that you brought that up, by the way, that example, because most of the monks that are the great spiritual teachers who have hid out in caves that I dig, at one point they get the message somehow in their meditation, even if it's 10 years or 13 years in that they're being called back to, to the world, to have relationship, Mm -hmm. to be able to teach. Yeah. And so not many of them just stay in that. They, they, they want to, because they go, this is an ideal condition, this cave. I don't have to deal with anybody's personality. I can just study the teachings and attain perfection. But Mm -hmm. part of the perfection seems to be having relationships, getting your hands dirty. So like, I remember when I'm, have what I loosely call my spiritual awakening like eight years ago. I remember going, you know, looking around and I was living in LA and going like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I got to go be where the other spiritual people are, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I want to live in a conscious community and blah, 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 and live in a commune or something like that, you know? And that's really what I was geared to do is like uproot my, my kids and family and go live in a commune where we could exchange who we are for the basics in life. Mm -hmm. Like we could just, you know, exist on what I can do, what I can share. Right. So, but then I was, I I remember walking through the street and sort of really being fixated on that and thinking that was a real possibility. And then I heard some inner voice or a notion get, got crossed. uh, And it said, if you leave, who's going to help all these people? Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess like I'm maybe somebody that could, since I've lived in, this, you know, Western society with, all, you know, I picked up on all the pop culture and I've watched and grew up watching Saturday Night Live and had this experience of being alive at this time within materiality. There is where most people need to be woken up. So LA, it's like, it's the absolute place where spirituality is, They, you know, there's a lot of spiritual people in LA or a claim to be, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's where the work needs to be done the most because materiality is at the heightened. I mean, of almost any other city on the planet, it's L.A. Sure. You know, and so I've just I've, I've taken that teaching and, and not wanted to remove myself to go be holy somewhere. It's like people here need to experience the divine deep undercover. And and so I I dress like everybody else and, you know, and I don't lead with that stuff when you meet me. And maybe 
you know, maybe in just a short interaction, talking to someone at the dog park, they're touching into something that they don't even know that that is the thing that I hold the highest. Right. Yeah. God, it just seems like such a convoluted way of, of setting out a plan to, to just self-actualize and, and just taking the God example of saying like, I want you to be here to experience relationship and to get free of, of these, like, it just, Oh God, it just boggles my mind. Yeah. And it's, and I get, and I get frustrated sometimes because it, when it is really, really hard and, and boring and lonely and, and difficult. It's like, if it almost just feels like a great task just to make it through the day and say like, and, and I don't want this to sound like I'm, I'm leaning towards not wanting to be here, but there's definitely just like, it's, it's hard to really tap into the joy of it. And, right. and I guess that's not really the point. I don't know. It's just, it often feels like pointless. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's appearing as pointless and, you know, within that statement though, you need to review how far back, like picture yourself in Buffalo Mm -hmm. 10 years ago or whatever. Is that 10 years ago? Yeah, just about. Okay, cool. So a decade ago around about, you know, what state of consciousness you were in then? I mean, talk about utter discontent. I was working a job that I hated. I had no, I had a very few, um, artistic outlets. And we lived in a place where it's, it can be really cold and gray and difficult. And and there's a lot of leaning towards, um, habits that are not helpful drinking and, and drugs and stuff. And so very much feeling like there wasn't, there was a lot of things, um, holding me back from feeling, joy and comfort. Well, so, what was yeah. the point to go on from there and seek where you are now? I mean, I think it was like a, let's give this, let's completely give this up and try something completely different. Oh, and wow. so it was a search for something just new. And in, in that newness, it was like, okay, well, it's different from this enough where maybe this is the right thing, or this is the thing that will be the fulfillment, but it was chasing external things. It wasn't a, it wasn't a real seeking on the inside. Right. And I noticed even in the little times, this job I had, um, where I'd had be able to sneak in a little bit of drawing in yeah. was like, okay, cool. I'm like focusing on this level of expression and this level of creativity. And it went, I mean, it was just like such a tiny sliver of what could potentially be something that is really like meaningful in my life. Yeah. And so just, I think any times in my life where I've had levels of like, this isn't like talk about pointless existence, right. like going uh, manager at a car wash or working at like a restaurant or some of these things where you're just like, this can't fucking be it. Like, there's no way yeah. that this is the path, the timeline where you go, this is why we're here to do this thing. And so whenever I was able to sneak in little, little amounts of creativity, yeah, that's what felt fulfilling. Right. And it wasn't, I think in contrast to what you and I are doing now, it was solitary. And so I think it did lack a certain sense of, of, um, fulfillment around doing something communally, doing something as a partnership. And and that's actually a perfect segue into something I want to talk about in being in, in expression and and having uh, us creatures of, of, of ability to express ourselves in, in emotion through art and through just a myriad of different mediums in that we get to, um, I don't know. Did you want to, did you want to, what you just finish said, off what yeah, I said before? Cause it sounded like well, you were working on something. Yeah, that, like, no, for sure. See, and you can hear my thoughts now. So that's yeah. how close we are. Yes. Yeah. Um, d- did you just picture yourself naked in my head? <laughs> 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 I keep touching into this. Um, so, so, um, maybe the point is to experience our potential that potential mm-hmm. lies outside of what's happening in our world right now Mm -hmm. that there's, you had a thought, there has to be something more. I've had that thought many times 
and there ended up being something more. Yeah. And so we can express and explore potential that goes beyond even our, what anything of our life looks like in the moment. So maybe that's the point. Maybe it's to explore the far reaches of what our potentiality is. Yeah. You know, and, and even in that, it's sort of like, there's a lot of grinding. It did at times, I'm sure it looked like it wasn't going to work out. Mm -hmm. And I think people can relate to that, you know, is just thinking, God, this thing that I'm in right now, it just feels like it's going to go on forever, Mm -hmm. you know? And we've both felt that way in life. I felt that way so many times, you know, how many me's I've been, Mm -hmm. you know, um, just from the stories and in each time that I made it through, it showed me that there is more avenues of possibility being a human than, you know, than I would have known on my own than I would have known just without, you know, trying anything right with the information that had been given. I mean, we are limited from birth. We are just, we're given all these things of like, it's not, yes, you can. It's like, no, you can't pretty much. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't even try, you know? And, uh, you know, there's these stories of back in the day of like monks flying, like yeah. in uh, like a uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, maybe would be a version of that. Is that a documentary? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, and in my, in my teacher's cave, there is a footprint on the ceiling in rock and which is just, you know, and it's a story. I didn't see it. You know, it's sure. something that he shared. So I'm, when I talk about things definitively like that, I mean, I also know that like, it's just a story, but, but you know, this thought about monks flying, I think about that all the time and go like, yeah, I, I think that more people could do some of the things that were talked about years and years ago, 2000 years ago, where you hear about these crazy stories, especially in the Bible, because they didn't know that they couldn't, you didn't know that you could, that you had a lifespan of a hundred years, you know, Yeah. all these different things. Like it's the limitation of the mind that, that perhaps informed our existence. And over time, we've just been told that we can't do certain things with science's backup, you know? And so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's a tough one. Cause obviously I'm, I'm, you know, victim to the belief systems and the structures and sure. the, the sort of the scientific principles that were governed by. So it's really hard for me to like, imagine like we, you and I had a discussion a while back around, um, and you can tell it better than I, but, the um, was it the guy who can put, make pills come out of his hands? Right. What's that? Just give that kind of a short story. When my teacher was over, um, exploring Tibet, he met a monk who he said spontaneously could, uh, he opened up his hand and my, oh, first of all, my teacher, he's a Westerner mm-hmm. and he was, uh, he's somebody who loves science and did not believe in God. Yeah. So, so he's always a great way to preface some bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He never believes this kind of stuff, but (laughs) yeah, well then, I mean, but he couldn't explain what was happening. So this guy's hand would open and he would see these seeds, these tiny red, like the color of the monk's robe, red, um, seeds would drop out of his hand and it seemed like they were spontaneously erupting from his, the palm Mm -hmm. and he would bring these things back. And I actually, talked to my ex-wife into eating one while she was pregnant. <laughs> I got her to do that. Um, but they were said to be these amazing, whatever, they're said to be like medicine, like sure. intention, you know, bodhicitta seeds, like, mm-hmm. which means the awakened heart mind. 
or whatever. So then Tiger was born when he was born, he had these red splotches on his head and on his side. And it was the exact same color. And it was kind of just fun. It's fun to play around with this stuff. But anyway, did the so hand the, also print out the side effects? Side effects may include <laughs> blotchy redness. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Uh, so yeah, he would, he would. So when you heard that story, it was just like, no, I yeah. know. Cause it, and, and, and only because I've right. never experienced even a small percentage of something that incredible to ever question the things that seem pretty fucking grounded in, in science and, and, yeah. you know, the firmness of things and, and gravity and everything that just is like, yeah, there's not really any magic in the world. Right. And and again, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that's really limiting and it's not as fun to live in a world that doesn't have fucking red seeds coming out of people's hands. But or, we both love David Blaine. That's true. Shit. Right. So, and that's the thing. David Blaine seems to be somewhat of an equalizer. Like we, nobody can explain exactly how he's doing these things. Certain tricks, sure, they have been explained. But yeah. some of these where he tests the bounds of what it's like to be a human, holding right. his breath for 17 minutes, right, right, right. encapsulating himself so nice, uh, standing up on that pole for as long as he did to, you know, in, to, uh, to bring on vertigo and to be able to survive that, you know, all those things are just testing the bounds of reality. One of the great things that we can, um, that you can trace back this sort of like pushing past what we think and this is a great story, and it's actually recorded in the L.A. Times. The medical examiner of the 50s of L.A. wrote a report on the death of Paramahansa Yogananda, who's I've talked about in this podcast, who's just a saint who came here from India in the 20s and kind of popularized yoga and all the things, a lot of the spiritual ideas that are here, he doesn't have credit to, but they're, they're from him arriving mm-hmm. um, um, in, uh, in the twenties. So when he died in the fifties, his body didn't disintegrate for 21 days while it was in the morgue. Like they're watching this. He seemed to be in a state of immutability is mm-hmm. what the coroner wrote. He said, in all my years, in any of the annals of, of, of the, of recording, uh, death, I've never seen anything like this. His body is not and it seems to, it's warm still and it smells kind of like incense. Like it's all written. Yeah. And it's like, if that can happen now, we all know that we hear about superhuman strength things or, you know, we've heard about these marks of these feats of, uh, you know, of, um, courage or whatever, where it's transcended what we know about the limitations of the body, you know? And we've heard about those. And what, where do we file those off? It's sort of just phenomena, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's because they're not being done a whole lot. But if we were to explore this and really, you know, these are the things that we're not exploring. We're exploring space, you know, and, and uh, you know, and science and, you know, science, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm, all that we, bullshit. All that old bullshit, yeah. We explore all these things, but like our own human existence should be explored. And I think we are doing that more, you know, the growing trend of people taking care of their body more, the return of, uh, psychedelic science, you know, um, to heal some of these, these things that we've only been able to put a bandaid on through yeah. multiple, um, um, pharmaceuticals and, and stuff like that, you know, uh, we're exploring the potential of the human body again. And I love that. And I think that it's where we're going to find more of these where spirituality and science are shaking hands, like within quantum yeah. physics. I think that would be helpful for me to know that I've experienced truly inexplicable situations in, in my mind, at least, um, and to be able to sort of bridge 
the gap of, of knowing that, okay, well, there's an existence. There's, there's, I'm looking around right now and this is, I'm existing in this mind state. And then to have, to take a substance and, and exist in a completely different mind state. Like there's no way that they're just completely separate from each other where yeah. there has to be some correlation or, yeah. And yeah, and I think that it is, it, we're still in the early stages and it'll probably be a long time. Before, I mean, we may never have any definitive answers around any of that stuff right. because it's so just beyond our, well, I guess beyond our comprehension because we're still rooting it within, you know, the context of what we know of yeah, exactly. scientific principles and yep. stuff. So yeah, you got to kind of just throw out the whole rule book in order to start fresh. Yeah. I think Einstein or some, somebody said something like that. We can't use the old system to, it was me. Find, oh yeah, it was hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> Einstein uh, me again. All right. Easily confused. All right. But, you know, I'm really glad that we're, you know, the human body, if you listen to Tim Ferriss or any of these other podcasts that are all about uh, the optimal, body hacking and right, stuff, yeah. body hacking. Yeah. What is that? That's just exploring our potential. Like we've just been sort of told that our life is from this point to that point, And here's some basics to do. And a lot of the basics that we've been given are, are being thrown out as being beneficial at this point. Yeah. You know, the things that we were doing to take care of our body 20 years ago are obvious obsolete almost. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, leaps and bounds and decades of like, wow, we, what the fuck did we think right. we were doing here? And, exactly. and it's all cause it's so the f- it's the food groups. Yeah. Fucking- well, I mean, just uh, cause of the vested interests involved in anything that tells us what we should or shouldn't have in life is yeah. all just, you know, based on bottom line and profit. So yeah. it's like not, there's not a real, like you talked about the genuine um, intention of things. There's yeah. not a genuine intention to, for us to take care of ourselves. It's to keep us ill to a certain degree. That's manageable that, yeah. you know, we buy things to make us better. Well, and the food group thing was all because the agriculture companies wanted us to buy their products. Like that's where the, 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 the five food groups <laughs> yeah. thing came from. Yeah. Don't even get me started on big ag. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's all interesting. And I think that that's just definitely something that it's just so confusing to me to understand in this very short amount of time that we have, that we get to be here. I guess there's a level of like not tripping over that kind of stuff of not like, I guess not tripping over like, what's the point here? And it is enjoying the, the small moments and the, you know, just really, it's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the small moments to bring it back to how we began this podcast was me walking outside yesterday. You said, Hey, we have a gift for your dog for Billy. I'm saying your dog because I haven't announced her name. (laughs) She's Billy, the Billy, the golden doodle. And, um, we, uh, you said, Hey, Daylou and I are here. We have a gift. And it was right after receiving a few of these messages that were negatively themed and, and, you know, after a couple days of that. And so it was the first time I was actually going to see you and I was like, what's this going to be like? And this is, you know, and I kind of had my expectations. I don't know where they were actually, but I was, I was, I was wondering if you were, if I was going to be able to see what you'd been in. Hmm. And so I'm coming to it with that. I open up the gate and you're both sitting on the ground and, and you almost immediately go into how you'd been difficult towards me and that you were seeing that. And it's just so healing yeah. for me. Like, honestly, it's, it's like tending to old wounds. You know, when a friend, you talk about human potential, you know, when a friend can supersede what you even think is possible in a moment because of all of what you've been shown prior. You did that for me by liberating me in that moment and showing me 
that like, Hey, I'm seeing all this. It's, it's, I'm seeing what I'm doing. I don't agree with it. There's a part of me that doesn't agree with how I'm being to you. Yeah. You know, and that you have the openness and the honesty and the bravery and I, you know, bravery, people go, Oh, is it brave? But yeah, it is. Oh, I was being extremely brave. (laughs) Well, I think that that's a part of it is feeling the, the, the confliction between, um, how I act and who I am, where it feels like, that was, that was the bad, that was bad. That was Jekyll and, and right. that was reacting. And Dr. Hyde wants to, did I get those references, right? Yeah. Dr. <laughs> yeah Jekyll's Jekyll. the Mr. monster, Hyde. right? Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Hyde's a- um, um, yeah. So it just feels like, God, that, and again, having the awareness where if I just was an asshole and didn't even acknowledge it, then yeah. we probably wouldn't be friends. We wouldn't have this show. And so it's, it's true. that falling down and getting back up and saying, man, I'm like, I'm sorry. I made a mistake and being able to, to own up to it. And well, and, and I think that is brave. And I know that, like you said, it it's tough to kind of say that, but it takes a level of like, there was, there's some fear of like, oh my God, like I'm fucking chipping away at this amazing friendship and relationship. And I could be like fucking damaging this. And, mm. and so really like failing and and, and trying as quickly as you can to really just, you know. Well, you had that going on within you. So you're already exploring the potential. You're already exploring the possibilities. And there's some higher part of you, or let's just call it higher, which is just, you know, not the lower. The lower is just, you know, saying everything that comes across your Mm -hmm. mind and all your, you know, your past hurts, putting them into sentences, you know. So in that moment, you know, you're, um, you're exploring what's possible. I think that perhaps, you know, this podcast for a lot of people from what we've heard is the ideal embodiment of what their head is like all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we're exploring in this podcast, maybe what the point is, you know, the point is, is to find some reconciliation between two sides and to, and to find some space that exists in the mind that, that where all things are possible and all things have different viewpoints, but where there's a a place where they all come together for mm-hmm. the highest good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to read you uh, now just a few of the things that we've got this week. And this one's for ja- from Jamie says, uh, Hey, you guys, thank you for your podcast. Wow. I happened upon episode four today and don't know where to begin with my appreciation, but here goes. I have followed Darren for quite some time now and his art and always drawn and his art has always drawn my eye and my spirit. When I saw you had a podcast, I thought, sweet, but then I saw the title and I thought, hey, these guys get me. I've always felt as though there are two people existing within me. One which is an aspiring badass bitch, for lack of a better expression, who is starting law school in the fall. And the other is a witchy woo-woo chick who wants nothing more than to surf and teach yoga. You've appealed to that duality with this podcast and made me feel heard both as a grain of sand and a star. I'm going to stop rambling, but wanted to express my gratitude. Thank you for starting something magic and sharing it with me and the universe. Okay. So we're touching into, we're, we're asking what's the point. And obviously there's a point people are being fulfilled, you know, and, and, and we both know that like, you know, the power, we're not seeing ourselves as powerful or anything like that. We're not like adding to our ego here by seeing we're, I think this is humility, as it was talked about in the last podcast, knowing our place. It's being reflected back. Hmm. Here's another one from Naomi. 
Hey, Jamie, just spent, finished last listening to your first episode with Darren and wanted to thank you so much for sharing your story and vulnerability to the world. I can relate on so many levels. And when you spoke of your trauma and recognizing that the past and the people in it contributed to the pain are also trying to come to the terms of the trauma they endured at some point in their lives. Thank you for sharing your truth. I thoroughly enjoyed the first episode and look forward to riding sling on your new journey. Be well. This one comes from Damon. Hey, Darren and Jamie, I've been contemplating sending a big old email over. It's been sitting in my draft since the beginning of last week, and I just I just keep adding things to it. <laughs> Short version here is that the both of you are doing something uniquely profound with this damn podcast. It's been a great listen. Seriously, just keep doing what you're doing. I wish I had a guy, I wish I had guy friends in my life that spoke like this. Much love to you both. And I have just a couple tiny ones more here. Uh, This is from Lucas all the way in Brazil. Hi, Darren and Jamie. I'm a 23-year-old guy speaking from Brazil. Just sending my appreciation here since I don't own an Apple account to leave a review there. For me, you two are really fitting into the old mentor role Jamie spoke a lot about. I follow a bunch of people that are my mentors, but they're around my age, and I often see myself listening to things I know Hmm. going in circles. With the podcast, this has not happened, and you guys actually answered a lot of questions I had but never got the chance to discuss with someone. And plus, some things I didn't even think about. Thank you for bringing more conscience and knowledge into my life. I love you too. Lucas in Brazil. Wow. Last one was from this morning from Jacqueline in, uh, in Wisconsin. She says, Jesus Christ, <laughs> just listen to episode four. Where the fuck did you two come from? So beautiful. Thank you so much. <sighs> well, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's incredible. And I think that, I think we talked about it last episode, but the thing that feels highest compliment for me is that people are seeing themselves in both of us. Yeah. Exactly. And somebody jokingly said that we need to make sure it says, I am Jamie or I am Darren. I'm a Jamie or I'm a Darren. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it was Lacey said like, I'm Jamie Monday, Wednesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Darren (laughs) Thursday, Friday. Maybe we'll make uh, reversible ones so you can turn them inside out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, it just really doesn't feel, I guess it's, it's amazing to be in this, to be experiencing this in real time to be doing this without a lot of intention. I mean, obviously we come to this with some level of preparation of things we want to discuss, but just feeling like I have more questions than answers and you have not an equal amount of questions and answers, but you got a little seaweed stuck in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad this isn't a a YouTube show yet. Um, And so, I don't know. I mean, it just, it's, it's amazing again, just to feel like what we're doing here feels really important for me first and foremost. And, and that it, lends any value to anybody else, which brings me to something I started talking about earlier. And I went back to what Jamie was talking about of the point of all this. But Mm -hmm. to me, I think finding what some point of, of this existence is for me personally, and, um, is, is around self-expression is around Mm -hmm. being able to express ourselves. And, And I think one of the things that fascinates me is how we are, and, and, and as I'm as I'm saying this, I'm already thinking that there's hmm. there's actually that's not true. But there's a, there's a Jamie and Darren in your mind already. <laughs> I know. Well, I was going to say just how it's always fascinating to me about how humans are, from a broad point of view, really different from everything else in the animal kingdom. Yes. Like there's obviously we have close cousins and, and relations 
but really like, I mean, we got houses, we have internet, we have refrigerators, just these things that really seem like we're pretty far separated from the rest of the animal kingdom. Yeah. But as I was saying around the level of expression that we have, that's, 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 that exists throughout the animal kingdom. I'm right. thinking of like, um, I think they're the Bowery bird that has these, like where they curate these, these, it's all, it's all basically to fuck though. That's, oh yeah, what, yeah, yeah. And I guess it's not too far the off birds from of what paradise. we do. Yeah. The birds yeah, of paradise. They're amazing. Um, the Bowery birds I think can mimic uh, pretty much like anything. They can, like, oh, they wow. make a car alarm or a chainsaw. I've heard like, it's incredible. There comes the next New York punk band, the Bowery birds. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, just in, in keeping in with what we're able to do, I think part of our gift and part of our what we can find some level of, of point in this existence is, is expression is self-expression. And I was thinking about, um, how obviously I, I essentially do that for a living. I express myself, people pay me for my expressions. Yeah. And so it, it's a, it's a beautiful way of, of affirming that, that I think it's, that's true that, that we value and appreciate expression from others. But I think from a, from a personal point of view, and I get from, I get, you know, people asking they're stuck or they can't quite figure out how to, how to get over that hump of, of, of expression. And I think what I noticed around myself is I I have a couple of, or at least one that I can point to, um, an artistic project that I created that is something I've shared with just a handful of people and and it's not because I'm not immensely proud of it it's actually the contrary I am immensely proud of it and it's something that feels like this is for me like I created this I saw that I could do it I I was able to to bring this to life and I love it like I think being starting from a place where you can be your biggest fan first and then the the sort of the side effect or the or the consequence of of that of that intention, like you say, of, yeah. of being like, God, I fucking love this. I did. I, I made this. I brought this. Didn't exist. I brought this into form, and here it is. And I fucking love it. That that feeling around it gives it kind of just a nice soft cushion, and and really like kind of like the the monk in the cave, like if you created something and you felt good about it, what the fuck does it matter if anybody else has ever actually experienced it? And that's not to say like, keep everything you do to yourself, but don't let that thing be like, well, I created something. I have to share it. That means people are going to judge it. That means I might find out that it's not good. You know, that these ripples of, 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 of not feeling worthy happen only when you've let it out into the world. Right. And so from like a very specific example is when I was living in Buffalo. And I think this, this kind of lends to, to the level of discontent and, and my kind of uh, unconscious ability to, to actually find creation in various forms of, or of, of expression is that when I was back home, still living there, my friends and I started this hip hop group. And I know that for anybody who's seen photos of me or hear my voice or know me in any sort of way, that, that often comes as a surprising fact that I was in a hip hop group. And we did... We made it, uh, we, an e- we made an EP and we did, I think three shows and, you know, it was like so nerve wracking and, but so amazing. And to have that sort of like that, that, that feeling of, of camaraderie around, you know, and you can attest to that yeah, being sure. bands of like, yep. fuck, we're, we're bringing something together in, in a collaborative sense. It was fucking incredible. And it's, it's definitely one of the highlights of my life. And then when I moved, when I left Buffalo, I left, you know, I kind of broke up the band and, and, and ended up kind of just still exploring the concept of writing songs on my own and on my laptop and doing it with no previous skill set as far as production standpointing. And I would like literally be rapping and recording right into my laptop with no mic, just the the mic on the laptop. And so Mm. doing it very, very bare bones, but doing it from a place of like, 
I want to do this and I'm not doing this for anything other than I'm expressing myself yeah. and I get to play it back immediately and hear it and be like, whoa, like I just yeah. created vibration and sound and, and form in, in an auditory way that it just was like, it was enough. Like that was like, right. it gave me the, the, the satisfaction that I fucking love this. I am a badass bitch. Do you think that that, yeah. <laughs> do you think that that, that is a creative moment? I mean, that that goes on and creates more from you touching into that very pure place of knowing that you can do something and being your own fan. Do you think that that lends itself to opening up a world where, where that can find some sort of import or at least that, that friendship that you have with yourself can have some sort of import into your life? You mean in, in other artistic yeah. realms I've explored? It's so weird because it just doesn't even feel like, because it is so foreign from what I do artistically, you know, uh, through through illustration yeah. that I think maybe I'm, as I'm thinking about it a little bit more, maybe it's because I've never identified myself as a musician. I can easily say like, well, I'm not a, I'm not a musician. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, yeah. but I did produce an album, an yeah. entire like album worth of, of music. And so it still just becomes this thing where you don't believe it yourself. And so it would never be something I'd front face with. And so that's kind of, it's just weird. It just lives in its own little sphere of itself there. You, you though, and this is what it feels like for me to take photos. Sometimes it's what it feels like for me to say something that's helpful to somebody is that I feel like I'm touching into something that I've appreciated in life before. Like, let's just say with music, when I create a good song, I'm like, if it sounds like something, mm -hmm. not like it sounds like this artist or that artist, I don't mean that, or like, you know, just if it has a quality that's of the same that I've been used to growing up admiring in others, I get this hit off of it going, I know that that's possible. I can write a good song like this person wrote a good song. And when I take a photo, I usually take a photo and I go, if it looks like something in my mind, like, oh yeah, that looks like an album cover, or oh, that looks like something I've seen before, you know, it makes me feel like I'm doing the thing that all these other people did. And that, that sort of lowers the, the, the wall between me and as this tiny creator mm -hmm. and all of the creators that I appreciate. The, mm, the playing field just gets kind of equalized. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't necessarily resonate with that because I don't go and I often try and, and maybe with the music thing, there was never really any setting out of like my influences of like, who I want to sound like or who I want to look like. And so I think that there's maybe kind of the opposite of that, of, of wanting to actually kind oh, of pave my own, your own. Yeah, yeah. pave my own path. And that's why, and especially within art now where I, where, when I create, I, and I've said this to, in like an IG live once when people often ask me who, who, what other artists I like or what are the, what are my inspirations is that I try not to lean on other artists. Like right. really try and like the other day when I posted that thing about the produce boxes, yeah. like that's, that's not really art per se. Yeah. It's, it's meant to, to, to drive across a point and it's a design and everything. And so just trying to find avenues of like, of inspiration that aren't within the same um, avenue of what I'm creating with it. We have a lot to learn from each other. And yeah, that's a part sure. of the thing that we were, we struck into right away. I already knew, you know, going into this friendship, I already knew what your art had been for me. And it had been a short amount of time. I wasn't like a fan for long. I just, since I'd been here in Ojai, was I, was I, uh, t uh, turned on to your art, you know, and I would see you around and it was kind of like, Oh, there's somebody doing the thing. There's somebody doing the thing, living their own world doing, you know, um, their own brand of creativity and, and, uh, you know, and I felt like an equal with you 
from a distance mm-hmm. just in my own way. But I, I also, anyway, I guess I'm getting too far away from the point, but the point is, uh, that with your art, it has, I think that's been a quality, the quality of you just doing things to make yourself happy, you doing things that you would wish to see. And you know, it's, in, it's apparent being in your home because your home is furnished with your art exclusively. Yeah, <laughs> exclusively. <laughs> and, and fucking rightfully so Thank you. it's badass. And if I was making art like yours, it would be in my home too. You know, it, that's the idea I think is make something that you would hang in your own place. Make right. something you would listen to. Well, that's so funny that I didn't even make, draw that comparison to my own work of like, yeah, be your own biggest fan. I was right. only thinking that was in the context of my, of the music, my brief music career, but yeah, no, it's, it's completely... very much in the, in the visual sense too. Yeah, for sure. Well, you make shit that you would like when you align yourself with clothing companies or bandanas or whatever it is, it's all thinking about, yeah, I would rock this. For sure. And you there's, know? there are things that I produce that I wouldn't that I wouldn't hang on my wall that I wouldn't wear right um but there it still came out of me and so I'm not going to deny it and the fact that it it finds a place in someone else's heart is still really meaningful for sure yeah it just like doesn't it's weird when I create things that don't match my own personal aesthetic like what would one of those things be (sighs) shit um I don't know if I can think anything offhand because I don't have it in the house to look to look around at it but there's some prints that I that I well I guess it's more so I create stuff that I think is, is, um, usually just Instagram fodder where like, this is only, um, I only imagine you passing by this with your little thumb, thumb flick Mm -hmm. looking at it. I don't know, maybe feeling something or not. And then flicking it on Uh when people say, Hey, do you have a print of this? I'm like, you want to hang this in your house? I never would have thought of that, but that's, you know, that's, and that's amazing for the me not to be the authority on what people like. Right. It's also your ego's in the right place. It's not, you know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, you're, you're not assuming that everyone would want to do that, but you're doing it for yourself. Most of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, you're creating stuff that you would like, you know, and, and that translates to a wider audience. And I think that's what I have to learn from you is sort of, I've watched you, or whatever I'm, I'm friends with you now, but I, I know that in a short amount of time, your art has taken off. It w- wasn't like a 10 year span. It's more like a four year, or three mm-hmm. year span, mm-hmm. you know, where it's really concentrated in this way. And I have, you know, it's a study. It's a, it's a worthwhile study for me to go. What's the kind of mind that can create that in the world? Because I, I think part of me, when I've had something good to share, I've always wondered what the best way to go about it would be, but that's kind of putting the cart before the horse. I think you should have the relationship that you're having with it, where you're just making something that you're stoked on. Yes. And then if it translates, great. Yes. And you had that feeling prior to any success, you were still doing that. And now you're, you're doing that still. You're not thinking about others necessarily. You're, you're just doing something that's within your own creativity. Yeah. And whether it gets a thousand likes or 10 likes or 10,000, it doesn't really matter because that's a pure place to be. Yeah. It already left, it already left my, my, my chest, my, my soul. And now it goes into the world and, and that, I mean, it still affects me to a certain degree, but it's far less than it used to around going back and checking how many likes does this get? Yeah. What's my barometer on how good I should feel about this based right. on how many likes. And then you start to think like, Oh, did I post it at the wrong time of the day? And all these things that people get tripped up. It's the algorithm. It's like all yeah. these things where it's like, fuck man, none of that, none of that should matter. If it felt, if it left your chest feeling really, really good, it doesn't matter when it's echoes around in this stupid fucking Instagram chamber of like yeah. val- of validation. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, I wanted to be cool my whole life. Yeah. I mean, I just, you still, I did. you'll get there. <laughs> you know, I really wanted to, I always tried to fit in yep. 
and, um, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was trying to be cool. So other people would think I'm cool. Mm. And this is the closest thing I can relate to this, you know, because with everything that I've done musically or otherwise, it's always been this amazing thing where you go, Oh, wow, I can do that. But then not a lot of success or momentum comes from the output that I've had. Mm -hmm. It's just been a, a, a quick spike, a, a quick, you know, um, a dot on the, on the biography, you know, yeah, for sure, a bullet point. So, um, but I always wanted to be cool. And then, and then at one point I just around the spiritual awakening thing, who am I like, show me who I'm supposed to be, what, what to say when I get there, all of that. When that happened, I also stopped caring exactly how I looked. I stopped wearing makeup. I stopped wearing the glasses and I became a, an authentic self. And it, it, I wasn't caught up in the way that I looked. I was, it was a state of being, I was really in touch with the state of being. And from that point on all the coolness or whatever that I, that I looked for was in me finding my authentic self mm -hmm. was not, it, it not mattering so much. All the people that I respect also who have this great style. A lot of them, it seems like they almost invented it because they're just doing whatever the fuck they want. That's exactly it for sure. And yep. I can think, I can't think of someone specific, but in my mind, I can think of this archetype of, of the cool kid in high school who, who, who maybe has like a cool truck and, and smokes cigarettes, like not to look just does like does the things yeah. he wants to do yep. and does it without any consideration. And that is actually cool. Like, is. And then everyone else is trying to emulate that. Everyone, everyone's trying to copy that. Right. Um, but he just like, you know, the people who made denim cool, right. like they're just, you know, it just, it, it does come from a place of, of, of not much intention yeah. where it is just like, I'm just doing what feels right. right. Somebody I worked with a long time ago, he, he asked me, he just came up to me and said, Hey man, what's the secret? And, and didn't give context to what that meant. And right. I didn't, it's so crazy that I didn't think about it much. I just answered right away. And I said, I said, I think it's, to exude modesty, but inside know that you're the shit. Oh, like, that's awesome. To just, to just have that front facing level of like, then that's where people will think you're, will recognize you're cool yeah. because you're not, you're not fucking you're flashing, not to be flashing more, it right. around, but inside, like you should also know that you're fucking awesome. Like, yeah. 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 So it's like kind of a, cause I think often it goes backwards where you're like, I'm the fucking shit, but inside you're lacking any sort of real like modesty or, or confidence exactly. or anything like that. And so kind of to flip it around. That's yeah. right. Well, and you said something a minute ago too about your relationship with uh, social media and kind of flipping through. And I was noticing the other day, <clears throat> just yesterday, actually. Oh no, it was this morning. Yeah. It's all one moment. <laughs> uh, no, but I was noticing, no, it was actually last night before going to bed. I felt my brain go check your phone, swipe through your phone, make sure anybody like it's all cleared out, clear out all the little, uh, red flags and the, all yep. the things on Instagram. And I felt it as if my brain was now since I've been back on, since we started the show, it's been this gradual thing of like, well, I just started, I would, I would check it in the morning and in the evening and just have this responsible relationship around it. But then I'll find that you post something during the day in an odd hour. That's just, you know, spontaneous and in the moment and, and fucking awesome. And I want to, I'm like, Oh, I need to have this now on my page. <laughs> I need to share this and have this. So we're all in sync. And so I'm never left out or anything like that. And so I'm checking it more and more. And it's just now I'm kind of back to where I was, mm -hmm. where the phone is like, I feel like my mind is an extension of AI now. 
in a way yes. that's been talked about. Like yeah. I felt the little red light go on, check your phone, and I watched myself move over to it, and I'm like, this is all happening against my will. Mm-hmm. Like I'm now, and, and Lacey was like, but you take responsibility for it, right? And I was like, of course. I know in that moment that I didn't have to do that. I had an option, but it still sounds like a good idea. Right. For whatever the fuck that reason is. Right. And I feel like I've started to merge now with fucking this AI in the phone. Like it's going like, now's the time. Go through there, swipe, swipe, get it all done. And, uh, and I don't like that. You know, yeah. And I think short amount of time, I think this, I mean, whatever, there's no, we can go talk about any fucking topic we want. It's our right. goddamn podcast. That's right. Um, thinking about the idea of when we were growing up and we, we were one of the last generations to have a life without the internet, right. which I still just absolutely cherish and yep. want to try and have bestow some of that lifestyle onto my child Yeah, as tough as it's going to be. But the, uh, the idea that I think we'll also be, or maybe our kids or, pushing it a little further, our kids' kids will be the last generation where the phone is an external um, extension right. of of us and AI, where yeah. we can put the AI down. And, and it's going into stuff that gets pretty deep and heavy, but the idea of like singularity where the man and machine kind of merge and there's right. just like a level of... of singularity of, of there being not a separation between the two. And right. so I think we can take this moment now and, 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 and be really happy of the fact that we get to put that phone down as yeah. much as little as we do or turn it off even less as we do and stuff. So but true. Take advantage of that and try and yeah, just get outside. And well, the relief that comes from hitting the airplane mode, it's right. actually, you know, when we can do it, it feels amazing to do. It and should be called freedom mode, not yeah, airplane no mode. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, freedom is the opposite of an airplane. You're hurling through the sky <laughs> yes. in a tube. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's the thing. I'm, I'm, and with the, with also, it's an interesting thing to watch. Like I, I had uh, this homegrown, you know, number of uh, people on Instagram that were following me. I love uh, which, that. I love know, that homegrown. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was just you know all from the merit of whatever my pictures were. Sure. Or whatever, you know, and uh, family and just our people that I had bumped into in life that, you know, and I and I turned my profile from private into public. Um, when was it? I think more recently, you know, when you're working in treatment, you can't like you can't like have an uh, and a window into your life mm. necessarily by the public. Sure. You know? That um, makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, it's just one of those things that they teach in school that I didn't go to school for. <laughs> so I had to learn through Lacey, but when I went into public mode, you know, it's really just been this, it's, I've known the audience. They've stuck with me. They're, they're, you know, a lot of them are friends of mine or acquaintances who I, I hold dear. And then some who are just appreciators of whatever it is that I was saying or posting. Well, it's doubled, you know, since we started this podcast and I really like that a lot. I like it having access to people and having them have access to me. And I don't really post anything that, that, um, you know, that I wouldn't want all these number of people to have, but there's a, uh, have access to, but there's a responsibility now, this weird thing that comes with it where I'm watching this thing grow and I'm feeling like it's being who I am is somebody who you've witnessed. Like I just care for everybody and I want to give them time. And so now having more and more people follow my page, I feel like there's this odd responsibility within my mind that I'm thinking of like, I know what it's like to like something and then to reach out 
and send a message to someone who you appreciate, who you're hoping will read it and hoping will see it. And maybe, especially if it's associated with a podcast or anything that you're into, somehow work that into the thing. I, sure. I know what that's like. Like, I mean, I've, I've done it with some of my favorites just even in the last few years. Yeah. I've written like Duncan Trussell or, you know, I've written, um, you know, I think I wrote uh, Joe Rogan at one point because my mom created this Stop art piece. It. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how many other podcasts I can name. Um, but I know what that feeling is like. And so within the thing of being who you needed most for people, mm-hmm. you know, like I feel like this responsibility now of like, I need to, I want to give them the experience I didn't have, which is like writing them back. Right. And you do a really good job at that. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I see messages come into the mystical cynical Instagram and I'm like, I'm just going to leave it. Jamie, on. <laughs> Jamie finish that. Yeah. 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 But and it's, that's cool that it comes from a place of like knowing exactly what that feeling yes. is and also knowing that there's some, and it's weird cause it's so distorted and it, and it comes from such an unnatural place where if someone doesn't reply to your, if someone that you really love and, and appreciate their work that they don't reply, it's not a rejection or it's not, right. any, it's not any reflection on who you are. It's like, we don't, we, we, nobody should be obliged to have to respond to every comment yeah. that comes in or, or like that's that kind of unnatural level of, of access accessibility that we've created where yeah. now we're all, we're all, you know, beholden to, to everyone suddenly yeah. where, yeah. you know, if you liked Frank Sinatra in the fucking fifties, good fucking luck. Unless you like ran into him coming out of a hotel, you get no access to him. But now it's like this presumption that because you can write to somebody yeah. that, but it's amazing that, that you, cause it does really make people feel really it good. Does. And it's a small amount of effort and it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's something that, that, you know, I know how powerful that moment can be, it can change your whole day, you know, For sure. to have somebody write you back or then, you know, how we've read some of these responses on you know I may, I do that mainly <laughs> like 90% of why I'm reading these things is to make you feel good mm-hmm. that we've felt good from your message but then we've even worked it into the thing that you found us doing right yeah, yeah. And, and I've found I've found moments in my throughout my time on this planet and in the past few years of like feeling like being able to express gratitude it it there's no way to say it in words and to say it in big enough and loud enough and strong enough to really let everybody know who's ever done anything kind to me or supported me in any way or bought and something just like it sucks that, 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 that it fails, it falls short when you just say, I'm so grateful that everybody, you know, it's like, it's, it's really, it's a frustrating situation sometimes. And obviously yeah. you could, you know, let that eat you up inside, or you can just say, I'm really grateful. Thank you so much. Oh and my God. Like, when we were first starting to be friends, I'm, I'm going to admit something right here. Like you would do those Instagram lives and I would sign in hoping you would see me. Oh wow. And say something about this growing friendship or something in your life. Like I had that even then, yeah. which is not that long ago. Right. And so like, it's still a part of me that exists. I don't want to talk about it. Like it's something that, uh, that I'm not doing still, you know, but like, this is like, this would have been the most foreign, amazing thing to come out of any of that is like to have a regular time with you to, to reach more people, which is my goal. And, uh, and, uh, you know, so it's still something that's active and, and I, you know, I, it, it, part of it is just like the recognition of someone that you're in their lives where they see all the things that or being able to publicly decry or de- de- declare, uh, you know, um, what's going on. It's always seemed like, um, when I talked about it a couple episodes ago where 
like, and I started to, I didn't get there just like right now with my point, <laughs> but I, 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 um, I took an opportunity to post on Instagram, all of the men in my life who mean something to me. And that was something where I've had friends who've gotten successful and there was some part of me that always wanted to be sort of like if you help somebody get there or you're in their lives and now that something's going good, you're kind of hoping like, Hey, well, they'll, they'll say something about you. Right. Yeah. And so th- I think it was just maybe episode three or something like that, or episode two, very early on, you know, way, way back. <laughs> <laughs> but I did this Instagram stories where I, I posted all the men that mean something in my life because I wanted to give the thing like I posted, it was my father, my brothers, it was you, my friend Carson, and, uh, you know, and, and, oh, and my friend Jeremy. Um, I did that because that was the thing that I'd experienced before. That was giving. I wanted to give, like, hey, check out these guys. I'm using this, this attention that's on me all of a sudden to highlight some other people. Mm-hmm. And it's that thing of, continually giving away what you want to have right, in your life. Right, right, right. Which and, is a and, fucking crazy notion to think about giving what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, wait, I need the, what little I have because I'm wanting so much more. But if you, that's one of these spiritual things where it's an invisible entity that you just have to trust and try out. Yeah. And I encourage you to try it out. But the thing that you're wanting to get in your life, give it. See if it comes to you. Right. And is that kind of around the concept of abundance of there being enough that it's not going to be a a level of of, um, depletion where it's just it somehow refills itself immediately. Yeah. And also, yeah, around being successful in any way and and feeling like if you were to share something of someone else's that it might threaten what you're doing. Right. um, In a way that's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, still human folks, you know, I mean, I may be the mystical one, but it's like, I'm taking up the curriculum of being a human and showing you hopefully all the sides of where I'm still stuck and what I'm still working with. And, you know, these values that like I've talked about in the last five minutes of valuing, you know, uh, thinking that you need to be, uh, have a spotlight on you from someone else's success, like, and shining down on you is like, it's, it's something that, you know, is a part of my humanness and I don't get it. And I'm working with it and trying to not let that drive and trying to let the best of me, you know, um, come, come forward. You know, um, this all comes back to this authenticity thing of just everything that you're really looking for is not in being somebody else. Like what I've looked, what I've found is what I've always been looking for. And that's in not trying, not trying to be anybody else. Mm-hmm. And inauthenticity also is like probably my biggest turnoff. You know, I was watching this CBS Sunday morning show and they have this uh, way of speaking that I just, I cannot stand. <laughs> I love the show. My parents love the show. Um, it's like 60 minutes during the daytime on mm-hmm. Sunday morning or whatever. And it's like, um, you know, they're talking about some subject. And it'll be like, how did we get here? <laughs> what is the point in life? <laughs> I was walking the other day on my, and then I thought to myself, like, who the fuck? I don't talk like this to you. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, like why, why in journalism are we still using this? And it's almost like it has its own, like that language. Mm -hmm. It creates a feeling of normalcy around like, ah, this is a story that I can like settle into. This is like all the other stories I've heard where I've gotten my information from. For sure. And now it's having this, like this, um, you know, modality to it that, mm-hmm. that, you know, but I think that like, it would be so nice if just people talked 
the way that they feel all the time. Like just talked like in their own voice, you know, like we were talking about with kids, not well, I think that if to me that feels like, um, especially some that that specific example, this CBS morning hour. Like I don't know a lot of people my age that tune into that. It sounds like you and your parents yeah, are really, really into it. Yeah. So it does feel like kind of an old an old generational thing. Where I think the testament to to our generation of, of authenticity, and maybe this isn't the greatest example because they have their own faults and failings. But something like Vice being where we where us as as you know millennials or or yeah. whatever the fuck generation I'm in or you're in. Um, urine, uh, <laughs> that they, that they, uh, poop. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> that was my daughter. <laughs> um, that, yeah, I mean, we're, we're certainly not ones who, who would watch the nightly news cause we think it's bullshit and we're coming from that generation of like being, you know, fuck the TV turn, you know, all that bullshit kind of yeah. rage against the machine mentality. Yeah. But then to have somebody who's actually telling us stories that feel more authentic, like you're saying, yeah. I think that, that we we recognize authenticity or, you know, some of us do at least and value that a lot more. So you know there's what? a place for it now you, for sure. You know, that, that thing where I don't know if you remember around nine 11, what it felt I like. I never forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I remember the feeling th- within the first 48 hours of, of uh, the tragedy. Across the board, everywhere, I felt really connected to everyone. And TV, it was almost weird, but there's this weird thing around tragedy. When tragedy happens now, um, where we all kind of, I don't know what it is, but like there's, I wouldn't wish tragedy upon anyone, but we all kind of get really close mm-hmm. and it's a weird thing to work with knowing that this is a terrible thing that you're watching and yet we're all closer now. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I, I sit with, you know, just even the last, like the same feeling was when the, the Capitol was stormed a, a few weeks back. You know, there's an excuse to look at the TV and think around the world, there's this group of people who are all kind of like affected by something and we're all kind of joined together and it takes tragedy to do that. Right. It's a weird thing to sit with this thing of like longing almost for the closeness that we can experience in tragedy, but in, in other areas of our life outside of that, like, I don't know how to get more of that, that feeling, which is a really together feeling outside of tragedies happening. Well, I remember early on in the, in the pandemic when, uh, John Krasinski came to some good news, SGN and everybody rightfully so thought it was just like groundbreakingly amazing. I watched a few episodes, bawled my eyes out and found like, because it is so different from everything else, it stood out as something really unique and original. And then I don't know, NBC or someone bought, bought the concept. Right. You know, people were pretty upset about that. Right. Um, yeah, I think that there's a place for, for that, but you know, just the, the idea of, I don't know what the sensation is around pain that can be so, you know, can make things so communal as opposed to like telling a story about a guy who got a fucking got knee surgery and now he can actually like run with his grandchild. Like that's not going to be, that doesn't resonate as much for whatever scary reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well maybe it's, maybe it's just for a moment that gap that I was talking about occurs and we all kind of our identities kind of take a rest and we're all kind of uh, joined together in almost like a pause. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, you know, is felt like with intuition. So mm-hmm. this is some, uh, somebody called uh, the hotline the other day. 888 for a cynic is the hotline. <laughs> That's it. And uh, 
somebody called and asked about intuition. It was a sort of uh, longer than I'm going to be able to get into uh, that was there the, the question and, and it's all of its detail. But what's our thoughts on intuition? And before I go into mine, what what kind of relationship do you have with that word? I think I think a pretty foreign concept of really understanding it. I feel like with what we talked about last time around um, manifestation and, and the, the, the conscious choice to manifest. And then for what I feel like I experience more of just like finding out that I manifested something after the fact of just like, wait a second, I was actually really trying to draw call that in, but yeah. I wasn't sitting in front of my vision board. Right. I just put it into the universe in my mind and then forgot about it and, yeah. you know, come to find out. So I feel like, um, I don't really know. I feel like I'm not, I do feel like I have very good intuition, especially yeah. around other people and, and feeling like I can read. And I think this comes from, you know, a, a, um, a childhood of, of needing to read the room coming in and, and having, you know, some, some situations in my life that felt unpredictable and, yeah. and sort of needing to hone a level of like, sensing what's going on yeah, and being able to read. And, and, and certainly I feel like my brother instilled that a lot in me around just kind of coming in with a little bit of question, I guess being just being more keenly aware and mm-hmm. tuned in and not being so like, like just kind of floaty through life of being that like really tuned in and making sure that you're, super aware of what's going on. And, um, so I guess in way, in a way, uh, maybe you can define intuition to me where it feels like, is it a, is it a, uh, this might be too strong of a word, but a psychic ability of, right. of seeing something that hasn't quite happened yet or yeah. being able to predict something in a way. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, certainly it gets associated with both of those things. Yeah. You know, I, I don't really know. I, I guess more it's I've, like a personal definition too around it. It is. I mean, intuition for me over the years of exploring it and what it is, I mean, and you talked about a minute ago, sort of having an idea of something you want to draw in Mm -hmm. and then it comes, it's like, was that, was that intuition or did I manifest that Mm -hmm. or have I quietly been working on that without knowing it? Right. Right. You know, and it's the, certainly the father John Misty thing is like, Hey, take the next right. You take know. a take a shot every time Jamie mentions <laughs> Father John Misty. <laughs> uh, so you know what was that that said, "Hey, turn right here," mm-hmm. you know, and then oh, go down that road, like to lead to that perfect moment. It's very curious. Like I had to do a couple of turns in in a row. Well, it's interesting to to only going. go to have the end result of that of you running to Father John Misty and then go back and say really pick apart what led there yeah. and then attribute intuition to it as opposed to my cynical approach of like you coincidentally turn there, you, right. you know, whatever and taking the magic out of it. But well, yeah. And so the intuition might've been absorbing myself in, in father John Misty's music for like nonstop and just kind of having this running thing going all, all day long mm-hmm. in my head on some level tuning into his frequency yep. or whatever that is, you know, and I'm a mystical one, so I, I don't have to have disclaimers. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. But, yeah. But, uh, you know, and then, so whatever. So all those things led up to that. It's the same as within the Andrew Bird story, the feeling on the bike. That's what I'm knowing intuition to be more like. It's not, um, um, a bunch of data. It's not, doesn't come in the English language. I mean, it's not in any language at all. It's almost, it's just a feeling. And the feeling that I followed being on that bike, leading me to that bike store, and then Andrew Bird's there, you know, that that's what I, I, I consider intuition to be is sort of like a feeling, not something that uses language. So it's mm-hmm. just some feeling that you tap into. And maybe it was that he was close. And maybe it was that, you know, I could, you're tuned into your environment on some level. You know, we are a part of everything that's around. 
you know? And so the, everything that's in Andrew Bird or in the bike or in the mountains or whatever is in me and in the stars and all that stuff. So I wonder if us all being family on some level, we're able to sort of hone in on things when we get to a state of consciousness, perhaps where um, all of our trips are out of the way and all of our impulses out of the way enough to be able to pay attention to it. That's what it seems like for sure. It's a level of clarity of, of being able to, cause I'm thinking your two examples happen to be running into two contemporary musicians that yeah, you really like. So right. it's a, I'm trying to think of like a situation where um, you made a right, and um, the the left road, a big boulder fell down, right. and your intuition said, "Well, there's danger there," and so you were able to to seek that out. Now that goes into the whole idea of like there being no, um, or I don't know if it does, but it seems like it goes into a concept of of free will and or or a level of of predestination where that does presume some level of psychic ability to have made the right turn instead of the left where the boulder fell because you knew. Right how did you know the boulder was going to fall? Right. That presumes that time, the timeline has already been written out. It yeah. was already written in the script and, and you got some insight ahead of it. Before. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the first time I ever experienced intuition, not really knowing what that was, but I was at a party. I was in Santa Fe living there and I was at a party at my friend's house and we were some of the last to leave. And, um, a friend of mine was driving me home and he had like a lowered Honda Civic. It was like, but yeah, yeah, he was like the, the flyest white dude ever, <laughs> you know, and uh, had these booming speakers in it. Uh -huh. and he, he, he got off on that. So uh, he was giving me and my girlfriend at the time a ride home. She's in the back seat. I'm in the front with him. And I, before we left, I had this feeling of dread. And it was, it just felt like anxiousness, you know, it felt like unsettled. And, um, you know, and, and we can explain away this in a moment. You oh, know, I'd love to. Of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, we, we left and we're driving and then all of a sudden, uh, we go around this curve, this sharp curve to the left. And there was a car that had been hiding in the shadows that, that got right behind us and it started hitting us oh, from behind. Oh, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And there was, and I looked in the rear view and there's six guys, three in the front, three in the back. And they, um, you know, they were all bald. They were all wearing white t-shirts. I don't know, you know, I mean, whatever that implies, but it looked like, you know, uh, they were all Mr. Clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And so they keep hitting us. And, you know, at first he, he, my friend's able to shake it off a little bit because he doesn't know what's going on. And then he starts getting mad. Like he goes, what the fuck? You know? And I'm like, dude, you do not want to, he wanted to pull over. Sure. And I'm like, that's what they want you to do. Like, they want to hurt us. Don't pull over. And so he keeps driving. And we come up to a red light. And he goes through the red light. And they get stuck in it. And fortunately, we, we it's speed. It's hilarious that they were obeying the, road, the rules of the road. <laughs> oh, damn it. They thwarted us. <laughs> so we turn into his driveway, which is right off of, like, it's very close to that light that we went through. And maybe they ran it eventually or sure. whatever. I don't know. But, but we turn into his driveway and it's just like in one of these horror movies where you get out of the car and we're like, we heard their car coming up his driveway now and we are running for his house and he's fumbling with his keys and he can't get the door open. And there's six guys coming for us, like starting to run towards us. And we get inside just at the last minute and then they all leave. But that feeling I had, that dread feeling was the same that I was experiencing in those moments. And it was almost like a, what we talked about yesterday, the future memory or something, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. 
of this thing of like getting some touch into something is about to happen. I don't, I've never really experienced anything just like that. Since. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it'd be interesting to, and I can't help but uh, attribute anybody who, who, and I guess, I guess I just did it earlier and said I had good intuition, but mm. somebody that, again, my mind goes to a lot of people in town that I can think about mm-hmm. long flowy fabrics, right. long hair, lots of crystals in the pocket right. and like having this, this level of attunement and, and the being able to just have like to know intuition is, is again to, to, to really put a, a far less, kind of just life is what it is and put a, a level of like there being some grand plan there yeah. being some like and then then why like right. why did the grand plan include the guys with the fucking the skinheads that were chasing you down like right. none of it makes any fucking sense yeah well i mean perhaps to concentrate on that ability to see that it exists to, to explore its potential to put the rubber to the road to you know do what we're doing it's a practice like i'm just every day you know people want to make masters out of people who are holding information and the, all the masters that I, that, that I study, they all consider themselves practitioners. Mm -hmm. And so there's this thing of like never taking yourself that seriously and being a practitioner of this. So maybe there's an aspect to us that can hone in on some, on the things that are important to us, including safety or musicians who we like a lot or whatever we can tune into our environment, perhaps maybe, it's better, I feel like, to ask yourself that question and to experiment with it, especially now after you're listening to this, if you've ever wondered about it, I imagine, because you've been exposed to this now, that it's like Ramdas says, you know, if you're tired, all you see in the world is mattresses hmm. that day. <laughs> you're that. just noticing, like, oh, that would be a good place to lay down, you know? It's just all corresponding to what the interest is. So we'll see, you know, we'll see if your intuition around intuition is intuitively correct <laughs> and i think we all try and point out we try and find these these examples where we we attribute something to it something certainly mystical and then that's where my cynicism comes in is is, yeah. is being able to like um to write the story to fit the narrative to like how you want it to be something um yeah uh, i don't know yeah well what do we talk about next the fact that you're chewing seaweed into the microphone right now. We could go on that for a little bit. Um, well, I, I covered all my topics. Oh right. no, I have one here. That's, um, I guess it goes back to what we were talking about earlier around self-expression, um, through, through the forms of art that we, that we know, um, being getting, we, we, you and I have a, you, you more so than me, but we have a number of tattoos on mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And I think it's really, it's really interesting to me to think that we've, just the way we, we express ourselves and we, we, we are, we find, and I pointed this out to you once when we were going for a walk and there's a guy down the road from us who, who has a couple of BMWs that he had one that was old and it seemed like it just kind of wore out and then he got like the new version of it. And how we talked about how these, these forms of expression that come in material sense are inventions of other people. Like that guy didn't go, "Mm, I think the way I'd like to express myself was a big fucking engine and black paint metal shaped this way. Yeah, totally. And so someone else, created this form of expression for him that now he can identify with. And so, and again, the same thing with tattoos, obviously someone incepted it a long, long time ago. And then we, as a culture were like, yeah, that's, that's how I want to do it as well. And so I think that there feels like there's not really, 
I guess originality feels in short supply around or around personal expression, and I guess right. that's where when originality is born, that's when style happens, and yeah. then a movement, and then everyone does it, it's and then so it tries, and someone else does it, and so just these like originators that pop up where it feels like there there are whether that's I'm just imagining the programmer behind his computer, and he's going like, okay. Bell bottoms. I'm mm-hmm. gonna just put the bell idea of bell bottoms <laughs> into someone's head. Yeah, because all these are fuck. These are just ideas. These are just some of them are absolutely ridiculous yeah. ideas that yeah. catch on, or they don't, and they and you know natural selection around ideas happen just as much as it does in in, in other forms. And so it's just it's just again it's just I guess confounding around this this human condition and and why we how different we are, especially around something like tattoos or body modifications or piercings or anything like that. Yeah, that we have these 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 forms that we like to to put accessories on and right. decorate and shit like that. Yeah, well and one of the interesting things you know, identifying myself as a musician my whole life and then having the opportunity to quit that and then still find the same fulfillment which I didn't think was possible. I really thought that like I had to write music in order to feel like a musician. And part of this was just there was a growing authenticity that basically like I'm all day, I'm still doing the same thing I did in music. Like I'm jamming right now with you. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in this duet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, I found that it's all relationship, you know? So like within all these artistic forms or all these like expressions that are out there to be utilized, what it comes down to is relationship. If it's your relationship between you and yourself or you and others, it's all that. And so something that we are looking for and thinking that we need to do it through this certain medium can be done in a conversation. If we look for it and we're open to that, I think that you'll find the same fulfillment as I did. Mm -hmm. I still feel like a great musician. I feel like I'm sometimes a uh, conductor. Sometimes I'm, you know, just a member of the orchestra that's playing. Sometimes I'm a soloist. You know, um, but it's all just expression, you know, and I've lived my life as art, you know, and I think that we can all do that. Like live your life as if every moment you're in this, this creativity, you know, and it can just be with a conversation, the way that you say things or going past your barriers. And when you speak to someone like I have, even in this podcast, and I think you have too, there's been a few times where I've disclosed beyond what the ego would say is comfortable to do because it wants to appear like it has everything together, Mm -hmm. you know, and in doing that, that's an artistic expression. That's a song maybe that's never been played, you know, right? you know, and you're writing something in that moment that may have a lasting effect on somebody else. If you're able to share it, you may have just created the new bell bottoms. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. And I think that it's, um, so much of that, so much of what holds up expression is the capitalistic idea around it where it's like, if it doesn't make money and I, and I've been, I've been, you know, victim to this in a, in a kind of a detrimental way of, of putting so much importance around like, well, is it going to make money? Right. Then like, what's the point? And really just, and, and shooting shit down because it doesn't feel like it has a viable capitalistic quality to it. Right. And, And also just in, in even more so now where we want popularity, we want it to be like, I find it, um, really exciting to to now have a new Instagram account with you, the mystical cynical yeah. where um, we have, we started from nothing or this podcast where, you know, you start from zero and you, and you build up and I'm texting Jamie, you know, really frequent updates of like the, the, the listener numbers and 
if you don't have anything to compare it to, or you don't have, you're not, you're not directly saying like, well, it should be this or it should be that it's fucking exciting. Right. Like for it to be a couple hundred people, that's a couple hundred people. Why, why do those people suddenly not have the same significance because it's not 1 million people? Right. Like those like really just kind of trying to reprogram or repattern themselves around there being like, I mean, we, we, we live in a world where there, whatever is it like 7 billion people that you have to reach everyone in the world or any, like that's just not possible. Right. And so just feeling, I guess, being able to feel the joy and the, and the immense satisfaction from reaching one other person, like really yeah. just trying to bring it back to a much smaller degree here. Yeah. Well, and it starts with your and my happiness. Absolutely. This. And you've carved this out. You, this was an idea that, within your intention of doing it is so you and I can hang out for a couple hours and, and the bonus, the, world. the bonus is that a couple right. hundred people or exactly. a thousand people listen to it. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, I've done when I was doing music, um, and I started making money from it, you know, the passion left. Mm-hmm. I started thinking about where's this going to go? Who am I going to send this to? Yeah. The audience all was taken into consideration and the well dried up. Yeah. You know, the universe was just like, Hey man, this isn't why you got into this. When you were a kid, like you did this for the joy and until you can have a relationship with it like this, like I'm not going to give any more yield is what it said. And it wasn't saying, Hey, no, I don't like you. It was saying, I have something better for you if you can explore it, but not until the relationship is realigned with your purity, you know? And so the passion is back. Mm -hmm. And so my break from music it was uh, three months or something like that before I picked up a guitar. I wasn't even listening to much music when I quit, and I was just doing this meditation and stuff. And uh, I remember one day I got three songs in my head all at once, and they were all playing, and I could hear three fucking songs going wow, on in my that's head. Awesome. And I was like, and I was really reluctant to to write them down because I'd known who I had been with it. I'd known that I'd misappropriated it you know, this gift, the, 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 um, the, the, the thing that just flies into a room, if you're paying attention, you can see it and write it down or, or illustrate it in your case, or, you know, or write a song about it. It's there for a short amount of time. So you really have to have your attention mm-hmm. when, when inspiration comes, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the way I've heard so many people talk about it. It resonates so much with me. This sort of, uh, Neil Young talks about, you know, the inspiration comes and he, he said, sometimes it will be three months before I write a song. And then all of a sudden an album shows up in a day. Mm-hmm. So being open to it. But I remember when that happened, I was so reluctant to write these songs down and to put words to them because I was afraid that I would misuse them, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I, but I did still, I wrote them down. They ended up being about my surrender to remind myself. Wow. That's great. So I, each one of the songs, when I wrote lyrics, it was about doing what you do, Darren, you know, which is like writing reminders to yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's what those songs, one of them was called, it's going to be okay. Another one was called stillness and like all these songs about just kind of surrendering and just being in the moment. And, and so, you know, art can do that. Expression can do that. Our living situation can do that. There's so much that's at our disposal you know, that, that if we open up our minds and that's all that you have to do is just have an open mind. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, one of the main takeaways from the Bible that I like is like Jesus said, 
something about and right now <laughs> all the people i can feel you Click. <laughs> yeah and uh, you know i see christ as like just a highly evolved human being if he even exists so he said i see christ so like some <laughs> I rapper see christ. from louisiana <laughs> but uh something about the must all you need is a mustard seed of faith you know, and so in this case, it's was he pushing his Jesus mustard brand? <laughs> He's pushing his sandals. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus mustard. <laughs> My new sandals in mustard yellow. Uh, Say it again. Sorry, you only no, need a mustard like, seed. Yeah, you only need a mustard seed of courage or faith or, or whatever it is. I'm 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 borrowing from it and not, and butchering it. Um, but you know, it's that same thing with an open mind. Mm-hmm. It's just the tiniest crack can let a lot in. Like imagine your room is complete. You're in a, you're in a, you're in the ground. You've been buried alive. And then just the tiniest bit of light is just amazing. It's, it get, not only gives hope, but it lets something else in. And all we have to do is just have that amount. So, you know, it's important to keep an open mind more than anything else. If you're a creative person, mm-hmm. you know, if you close your mind, you close your mind off to inspiration, to, uh, to anything showing up, you're just locked into your own position. I mean, it's, it makes me really, really sad. And I talked about it in the last episode around the eventual automation of the world where there aren't going to be a lot of the jobs that existed yeah. prior, which I, is, is good and, and scary to just leave people in a place where they've never had a chance to, to, to grow that mustard seed into right. something that's going to bring them joy every day. But it's, it's also just feels like, it's so unfortunate because um, I posted something on my Instagram, my my other other Instagram, which is um, it's a private account. It's just where I share photos of my my kid. And uh, we were at my studio yesterday, and we were painting. We had a big canvas, and you know, and and my mom commented, um, shout out to Lulu, hmm. said an artist in the making, and I and I. I started writing and I just deleted it. I was like, I don't need to be like a fucking whippersnapper snapping back here. But I want to yeah. say we're all artists, you know, that idea of mm-hmm. it's not a new concept that we're all born artists and then we get it beaten out of us throughout life and, you know, the grind and everything. But it yeah. really, I do really believe that. I do really believe that we all are capable of expression and, and it's the fact that it's judged in any sort of capitalistic or, or materialistic sense is, is immediately just like that. I mean, we are just in the wrong fucking program right now. Like why is it the way it is? I don't know. It's for a greater lesson or whatever, but the fact that people are, people are, I hear it all the time from people who are, who are, who are feel like because they're not going to get popular on Instagram or that they, it's going to, they're worried that they won't get popular or not make money that stops them from fucking expressing themselves. Right. Like, God, that's so fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad you didn't say a snarky comment about that whole thing with Lulu. Yeah. Because I can't even imagine what it would be like to be like, imagine if you're someday looking in on Delu with, you know, their child mm-hmm. and, are, are carrying on some sort of artistic integrity or some artistic expression and passing it on. Can you imagine what that would be like to be your mom looking at you furthering that with Delu? You know, I mean, the, a snarky comic could pull you right out of the purity of what you're For sure. And I know, and I know. And I mean, again, back to the early lesson of you and I of just like the things that you were saying to me weren't did not warrant that snarkiness so really that's that's my lesson for the week of just like keep that fucking shit to myself it's not it doesn't my my i need to work through i need to have my own metabolism work through the poison that's in my mind and not just seep it into you and be like here have some of this now like now you have to deal with some of this Mm -hmm. like yeah for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. you know what i appreciate also about our sentence structures 
we don't end. And here's a pattern I've been picking up on. Like people are ending their sentences with a new form of period. And the period is saying, so there, yeah, I just got back into town. So, <laughs> you know, it's so gets added as a period now. Yeah. And well, what do you same, think that means? Well, and it's also the, the other one that I've picked up on is people are saying more and more, They'll say something like, you know, I, I mean, I was taking a hike and it got really cold. And so I had to go back to the car because I, you know, you know, and get my jacket. Uh, so I didn't trip on it on the walk. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah. I hear that. If that lot. makes any sense yeah. is the new period. Like so was <laughs> we end our sentences with that. And it's like, it throws our whole statement out into the value of the other person for sure. You know, rather than saying something that was our, well, yeah, you're experience. not, you're not, you have just expressed something with zero confidence in yourself right. to say that I trust that you know, this will make sense because right. I've formed it in my head and I'm speaking it with my mouth. Yeah. But yeah. Just those further levels of disempowerment that we all put ourselves through. I'm going to fuck up your late night TV watching too right now. When, whenever you see a celebrity from here on out, notice how many times they say fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> they just say like, oh yeah, I love that thing. It's fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> We're saying fantastic a lot. So, and if that makes any sense. And so be on the lookout. Okay. People, right? <laughs> Jamie's observation of the, of the show. <laughs> um, while we're coming up on two hours, do you want to just wrap it up? I'm, I'm kind of yeah. bored. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's been great. It has. Um, I, I think, um, and I'm, I'm heavily perspirating right now because... Yeah. From the early topic when we started talking and me talking about um, that artistic endeavor that I made that I don't really share with the world, I was going to end the sh- one of t- today's show when we're not on air, but I was going to take out your song and put in one of my raps. Oh songs. my God, perfect. Do it. And it's, it. you know, it makes me nervous and it's weird because like I said, I was listening to the album this morning, like I had my iTunes on and, and it came on like I didn't consciously want to like put it on, but it came on and I was like, yeah, so I'm still after fucking some, this other thing, the song I'm going to play is probably 11 years old Wow, and still think it's, I love it and awesome. everything. And so it's like, I guess just now being like, now I'm putting it open for other people to feel a way about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's, I mean, certainly two episodes ago when we released the E true Hollywood story thing, that's a decade ago or 11 yeah. years. So we're opening up the closet to our past and going like, here, have a look. Yeah, a look for around. sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's like, whatever it's like, again, it's, it feels so for, it's like such an other thing to me that I don't think it's going to like necessarily. And I, I feel like a disclaimer is, is worth it because it is almost, you know, it's almost a decade old and there's things I say that I don't, that I, that I definitely wrapped within a persona, yeah. you know, of like a very, like the gravitas of what a rapper sure. does. I'm better than you. I'm, I'm this potent male, you know, thing. Right. Like, and, and a lot of like, I was very much into drinking and drugs at the time. So yeah. it's just like, that's, those were the things like, I want to fuck, I want to drink. Right. Like just, you know, it's, it's really, it's not conscious rap by any means. Right. It's, it's very braggadocious, which uh-huh. I happen to actually still like, you know, within rappers that I listen to. It's sure. just like shit talking. It's yeah. kind of what I, you know, like to define it as. So yeah, yeah I'll only leave it to that. Yeah. It'll be fun. Thanks so much for tuning in. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Love you all guys so much. Love you. And thank you for, for all the reviews and all of the feedback and I welcome more and I'm going to try and be more responsible on social media. So it doesn't, I'm not ruin my life. (laughs) Um, And I, and I probably goes with saying, I'll say at this point this far in, but we're on Instagram at mystical cynical and the hotline is eight, eight, eight for a cynic. And Jamie's on Instagram at love is the author. And I'm on Instagram at um, Kim Kardashian. (laughs) 
I love you, man. I love you too. Talk soon. Uh, yeah. It's your boy DT. I'm doing the beats. Spitting the flow. Working overtime. Yeah. Check me out. Man, nobody expected this shit Out of the dude from LP who stayed drunk off the liquid Barely scraping by with my 9 to 5 But stayed looking flying threads I stole from clothes drive Straight bumming it I ain't got no stacks of chips But it's cool I ain't never had no clip full of big face papers Just give me a shot with no chaser I'ma stay dead broke till the day I meet my maker I'm resigned to the fact that my wallet's staying flat But I'm comforted to know that I'll always be a Mac Without a deal, without a show, without a motherfucking plaque Lyrically cocked back, ready to attack What you looking at? Bruh, you ain't seen this before Pissy drunk passed out on your bathroom floor Hell yeah, I get twisted, what you asking for? Stay buzzed till the day they shut the casket door Some say DT, what you rapping for? If you ain't in it for the fame, then get out the game Fuck fame, I ain't trying to do a track with Lil Wayne I'm just doing my own shit, making cats go Oh shit, that dude DT's got flow like the ocean No need to cause commotion, just give me props like a promotion While I kill a coast to coast from Buffalo straight out to Oak um, Yeah, it took a little while before I got my style What, now I got it Lockdown, I can sit back and smile. Okay. Pop some green, sip a brew, bust the black in my. I ain't gotta say a word to get these chicks to go wild. I got it sewn like a button while you phony cats keep fronting. Yeah, I see your lips flapping, but man, you ain't saying nothing that's worth a goddamn to a hip hop fan or just a casual observer. Damn, career over. I'll take it over from here. This shit is over this year. Step it up in 09 to a whole nother tier. I write raps while you cats write nursery rhymes. I'm the principal you're serving, grubbing the high school lunch line. Punchline after punchline. I always try and spit it live, but when it comes down to Dude, I'm usually drunk when it's crunch time It's fine though, you know why I know without a care in the world Could be our last day on earth I see up, let's go to Merle's Cause we don't give a fuck Like a fuck was a buck And there's a bump down the road that we're trying to duck I'm from the land of the locks I ain't never touched a clock But don't think for a second that I'm not hip hop Yeah, it's true that I'm white My pants a little tight But I feel the soul of big pop Coming through when I write Let's get it right I ain't in for the fame of limelight I'm just trying to get my rhyme tight enough So when I spit, all I hear is Hell yeah, goddamn and all shit Yeah, it took a little while before I I got my style. What? Now I got it locked down. I can sit back and smile. Okay. Pop some green, sip a brew, bust a black in my. Yeah. I ain't gotta say a word to get these chicks to go wild. Nope. Yeah, it took a little while before I got my style. What? Now I got it locked down. I can sit back and smile. Okay. Pop some green, sip a brew, bust a black in my. Yeah. I ain't gotta say a word to get these chicks to go wild. Ah, 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 ah